Welcome to Embody You Podcast, and this is your host, Artemis Rose. Here on Embody You Podcast, you will find conversations around all things embodiment, connection, joy, authenticity, creativity, and soul-centered living. Pretty much anything that supports you living as your highest, honest, and fullest expression of you as your authentic self. It is my intention that these conversations will spark a little flame in you to help you feel a bit more connected, a bit more understood, a bit more empowered, and a bit more you. After each podcast, you can feel free to send me questions or comments at embodyyouhome at gmail.com and please like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Reviews are welcomed. Today's guest is Martine DeLuna a certified transformational coach who has been helping women since 2012 stay feminine, stop hustling, heal, and be open to love. She is a wife of 14 years, mom of two, and has mentored women in the areas of self-development, personal growth, self-image, femininity, homemaking, and working from home since 2012. Her one-on-one work with women has touched clientele around the globe from Australia, Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and the United States. States. Working, you can work with her at Martine, M A R T I N E, Deluna, D E L U N A dot com slash VIP hyphen coaching. You can also connect with her at Instagram. Uh, the Instagram username is Martine, M A R T I N E, D E L U N A. Okay, hi everybody. This is Embody You Podcast. And I'm really excited today because we are going to talk about dismantling the masculine shield in relationships with men and money and the freedom of our feminine identity and God. And today we are going to have this discussion with Martine Cosio de Luna. So, hi, Martine. Hi, Artemis. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm so excited for what we're going to do today. Yes, I am too. And just a little, a little background for listeners. So I, I connected with Martine, I think it was like last year, probably. I forget. Yeah, actually, no, it was like 2020 when the, what the whole global situation of 2020 began. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. We were right. like in the Facebook group with with some other ladies, some other feminine women who were in the space, right? And um, I forgot which group exactly it was, but we were all like in some femininity Facebook group, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I immediately felt connected to you. And I think one of the things that I, I can say for sure is that anytime I've anytime I, and I know it sounds really corny and I know we haven't even really interacted that much, but I I say this, like at times when I'm thinking of God or just like, I remember I was reading this book and I don't think I told you this, but I was at this, this uh, church in Newport beach in California. Mind you, I don't really go to church and, and, uh, Mm. but you know, I felt called to, to go to this Catholic church and yeah to check out this book in this section, you know, of these Christian books. And I opened to a section in the book where it said, cause it was about getting clo- closer in your walk with God. And then it said to, you know, 
in your walk with God to making sure that you surround yourself by people who, who are close in their walk with God and who are also going to inspire you and hold you accountable and pray for your walk with God and all these factors. And you were one of the women that, that popped up automatically, you know, um, when I, when I read this passage, uh, just because I really, I appreciate your, like your faith and your walk with God and how you tie it into authenticity and embodiment. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited that we finally get to connect on this and we're going to finally be able to have this conversation, yes, which is yes. really, really important because I know a lot of listeners on the podcast, they're high performers, you know, they're mm -hmm. women really trying on this journey to connect more of, with who they are. And at the same time, uh, peeling the layers back, right. Of yeah. all this social conditioning, all this perfectionism, all this shame. And so let's start with dismantling the, the masculine shield. So I was wondering right. if you can start off just talking a little bit about what that means. Okay. So in the work that I do, I, I guide women through unlearning subconscious programming. Like that's the root of my coaching and my training. It's really to help them identify, you know, these patterns and these paradigms. And so for a lot of us women who are in this generation and actually as far as three generations down or two generations down, we were born into a world that has already been, I, I use the word hijacked. I use the word hijacked because all that means is it's a world where a lot of roles between the masculine and the feminine have been inverted. So if you think about um, like my mother, she was a, a young woman during the second wave of the more radical feminism and the sexual revolution, mm -hmm. right? And most popularly, what happened since then was the women empowerment movement, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, and that proliferated from the West all over the world, right? So we actually are a generation of women, especially those of us in our generation, for whom this is normal, you know, like um, demanding equal rights with men, demanding equal opportunities, and then also equal outcomes with, uh, with men. And for a lot of women that I've worked with through the years, so you mentioned um, high-performing women, that makes up a lot of my clients, usually uh, women who are in their leadership mode or there's some form of leader in a capacity. And they operate from this very self-empowered state, right? And the tendency at times, because we are in this generation that was born into like subconscious feminism, feminism is in every strata of society. We grow up with the message or the programming that we have to do it all. Like it's all on me. I have the power, I do it all on my own, et cetera, et cetera. And for a lot of women, this can result in that invisible sense of a shield that she has to do everything, be self-reliant, be self-oriented because the patriarchy and men and anything that is masculine 
has taken advantage of and devalued women throughout the millennia and throughout the um, centuries. So this masculine shield is, I'm just going to use the word, it's also, it can also be an energy or an aspect of a woman wherein she creates and she establishes um, success and um, things like influence coming from that wound against the masculine. So that's shield actually shows up in the different facets of her life. It can show up in a relationship. It can show up in relation to how she views her career or work or how she earns money and also how she might identify and perceive her relationship with God or the divine or spirit. So that's my context of the masculine shield with women. Yeah, I really love that you bring in the socio-historical context of, of, yeah, like the women's empowerment and the sexual revolution, right, which is this like, and especially with the inequalities with men, the, the, the wages between men and women and mm-hmm. it impacting women uh, to the extent where in st- instead of kind of going within, and I would love for you to kind of like um, continue elaborating more on what this looks like uh, yeah. from more of like a, not a wounded, not a wounded feminine place with the masculine shield, right? But more of like a in union restored yes um feminine but in speaking to what you were sharing how it looks up how it looks like is the pushing right the hustling Mm -hmm. the like overactive nervous system the proving the hardened heart of like needing to be tough and like you said like and I definitely resonate resonate because I've had to learn a lot of this right yeah (laughs) a lot of this (laughs) where God was like, every time, well, every time that I would try to like make it happen, do I burn myself out. And Mm, then, yeah. And then I, you know, would have to get to the point where my heart would crack more open. I would have to allow God in more. And then I would be softened. And I was like, (laughs) God was like, Artemis, you're going to be still in receive baby girl, like receiving mode. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's so true, though, because it's crazy how much growing up, it's, I, you know, witnessing, too, because I went to Berkeley, UC Berkeley in California, yeah. right? So it's major liberalism and this, like, you, the activism energy that is just very hardwired and drilled in. I, right? used, I used to want to go to the music program there. Like, that was my childhood dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, um, okay, that's, that's changing. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so definitely in this place of like a hardened heart and mm. just this, uh, yeah, just being disconnected from our bodies, our feelings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, our connection, our intuition. So yeah, let I would love for you then to kind of maybe, is there anything that I missed in terms of what else this, this looks like that maybe no, you no. want to yeah, that, that pretty much um, describes the experience of a woman because she who is in the masculine shield is really unaware of 
the, the little girl or the inner child that has not received love or has created like a perception of her world that she is a victim because of the narrative around men and women. So it's really that, you know, coming from the narrative that she grew up with, like a lot of the women that I've coached in these last, wow, 10 years, this is my 10th year um, mentoring women, um, a lot of them express the same sentiment that they aren't living in their bodies because the environment that they grew up in just didn't encourage that. It didn't encourage the expression of emotion or the connection to the words that they really wanted to speak. You know, there's the suppression of opinions and a, a suppression of being able to express joy and delight because it was inappropriate or it was not in decorum. Um, it comes from a lot of factors um, of women resisting and coming into a protective mechanism against these uh, paradigms from parents, usually from mothers and fathers. So it creates a type of self-image that is very self-reliant and distrustful, like of um, anything that is against her personal expression or her personal identity as a woman. And, you know, like mm -hmm. what I've found is common with all of the women that I've coached throughout the years is there tends to be a fractured identity of God as well, mm -hmm. of the creator, of how they um, relate to that aspect of human and divine. So that's interesting to me. And I didn't used to pay attention to that because I was not aligned with God for a time. So we can get into like my own personal journey if that's relevant. But it was only when I brought God into the picture of rooting your identity as a human being that the aspect of union with the masculine began to make sense. And there began to be a cohesiveness. And I would say an end to the work that um, when I say end, I mean that there is a, um, a purpose, not that the work stops for women, you know, they keep on mm -hmm. doing the work, the daily embodiment, the moment by moment um, calibration of the nervous system, right? But what I mean is, there is no more going around in circles trying to figure out, um, you know, like which modality will heal me or cure me. When there is a rootedness in God, in the aspect of the divine being a loving father who seeks a relationship with us, then suddenly the, the feminine, which is each of us on this planet having a unique expression, right, has something to relate to and to reflect with. And I identify that as the union, that the first union that we get to have first with God. And then when we have an understanding of that sort of mystical relationship where we feel rooted and contained and held, then it spills over into 
our associations and our relationships with other human beings and of course with men yeah i'm a little bit a little bit of tears welled up in my eyes because uh there was so much soul resonance when you shared about um our identity in God, because that it, there's so much resonance with that and how that does shift, um, our relationship with money and men and, yes. and allowing ourselves to really be safe and seen and held, um, in a, in a deeper way that can't be accessed any other way at all. And so I'm curious, like, what does that then look like from your work with clients? Like, what is that? What, I mean, because conceptually we can say receiving God, right? But what, what yeah. would that still look like for, um, for women that you work with? Okay, so I can cite a case study from mm -hmm. one of my clients. So um, typically my clients describe themselves as alpha women. So they're usually, I'd say 90% of the time, they are working in some capacity, entrepreneurs or high level um, in, in the employment and in the corporate workforce, right? High level meaning senior management. So they lead people. And one such client, um, came to work with me for a year in mentorship because her intention, um, was to recalibrate the relationship that she had with her husband, because she had assumed unconsciously the more masculine provider role in the relationship. And the specifics of this mean that she, um, of course, was earning more money, right? And the aspect of earning more money unintentionally or unconsciously caused her to position herself as the ultimate authority of the family. So because she had the money, all the decisions end with me. Every last word ends with me. And unconsciously, this translated in her husband taking a secondary or I would say in submission to her type of role because she was earning more money. And for a lot of women, the, the narratives around women empowerment and women assuming the leadership in the family dynamics, that, that's huge. It creates a um, an unconscious intention in women to also act like the man in the dynamic of the marriage. So for her, when she started to uh, look at my content and uh, follow me on Instagram, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot, by the way, that's where I usually create communities. Um, she suddenly realized, wait a minute, there's something in me that's triggered by what you're saying <laughs> and I don't like it, but I can't explain how it's actually describing me and how my relationship with my own husband has lost that polarity. So the polarity she meant was um, because she had taken more of the leadership role in the relationship simply because she felt like because I have more money, I, I have the, the say on things and I have the, you know, like um, more of the manly leadership protector provider role. Um, what she realized was 
she had a disoriented view of what it meant to be a wife, to be in union, to integrate with her husband. Um, and for a lot of women, that can look like, you know, a distortion in the sexual dynamics, right? There's a distortion as well in who gets to lead and who gets to make the major decisions. So for her, working with me actually awakened her to this idea that maybe the feminine and feminism is not the same thing. Maybe women empowerment and women's power in relation to um, her feminine identity in God is not the same. So what we did, um, and I remember she started working with me at like September, 2019. And then um, that was just at the beginning of like the situation that we are in in the world right now. So it gave her time to be at home. And this woman had no clue, like, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, like I'm at home surrounded by my three children all day, but it turned out to be the greatest gift to her relationship because rather than leaving home and being the one to, you know, like take care of the, let's say traditionally masculine aspects, she actually learned that she liked motherhood. She liked to be around her three young children, especially, um, she had just given birth like in 2019, right? So she had a one-year-old. She realized that, wait a minute, I've been missing out on these feminine desires and roles because I, I believed that I had to be the, the one because I had reached a point where I was making more money. And so I had to take over the role of decision maker and... Um, archetypal leader in the relationship, right? Not to say that women are devalued when, when their men are leading, okay? But what she realized then was, okay, let's do this. Let's assume the position of housewife, of homemaker, while at the same time still working. So she was part of that whole generation of us, you know, being on Zoom, and that's how we run our businesses. After a year, so this was around last year, uh, December, when we ended our work together, she was fully at home. The role with her and her husband reversed because the when a husband sees that his wife's desires are met, in, in, in the case of my client, um, her husband finally bore witness to her opening as a mother because she, you know, the, the circumstances here in our country have brought most people to work from home. He saw that her capacity for motherhood opened up mm -hmm. and she was embracing the reality of being the homeschool mom, being the mom who um, cooks and cleans, which before she had not assumed the role of nor embraced because she was this high powered woman. But when her husband saw that, they were able to have conversations around what he could do so that she could keep in that space of being a homemaker, being a housewife, while at the, the same time still running her business, right? 
So we ended that relationship as coach and client with her being fully at home and her husband starting a business again for himself and being taking on more of that leadership role again. And then her fully assuming this stay-at-home, work-at-home mom role, while at the same time restoring that polarity, sexual dynamic between her husband. Because the physical responsibilities that she used to place on herself, she was able to return to her husband with ease and with that openness of being in her receptive mode. And you'll discover this when, should you decide to have your own children, but when a mother is among her children and she feels safe to mother and nurture because she knows she is protected, she just opens up and she assumes a different radiance and aspect to her identity. And that inspired her husband. So that's a case study of what can happen when, number one, the subconscious programming of feminism is realized. Number two, there's also a realization of the masculine shield. And then number three, there's the physical embodiment of the desired roles and vocations. So this woman, because she was an alpha woman and raised to be one, you know, to work right out of, as soon as you're out of college, just find your career. This woman was able to tap into that original feminine design of motherhood, of nurturer, of homekeeper. And she was able to not just embody that, but now integrate it. And that is her new life. She is fully in her feminine. She is fully feminine in relation to how she now sees her husband and how he sees her as a exalted masculine. So when you say exalted masculine, it's a restored template of the masculine in your counterpart. When that happens, the dynamic of that polarity is restored. The woman gets to be in her biology fully expressed in the more feminine aspects of that union. And the masculine likewise embodies and is inspired to look at the feminine, see her radiance and go on his own quest. You know, I'm, I'm using terminologies from like chivalry and from archetypes to describe what this might look like energetically in the relationship. So yeah, I, I hope appreciate that gives a description of the kind of work I get to do with clients. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really appreciate the example. And what I also really appreciated that you still acknowledged was that she was still able to soften, you know, uh, embrace her feminine and be connected to her family, but still have her business, right? Because yeah. I think that could be a huge resistance or, you know, because then there's also those traditional uh, women who are the stay at home moms and they feel still held back and that they, <laughs> they don't have <laughs> to like be who they are or their identity is like, right. Right. You know, their identity is not fully in God. It's still in just identity of like who I am in this, mm -hmm. in, in like the physical realm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I really appreciated, uh, that. And another thing that you were sharing that also, 
came to mind too, is that I think as alpha women too, it's like restoring that connection, like making it about connection, right? Like connection, um, instead of, yeah, sourcing and abandoning oneself through, uh, and leaking the energy through the demands or expectations or whatever of work that pulls your energy and starting to really make it moment by moment connection, like connection with God, connection with self connection with other. So, yeah, I really appreciated that. So how about now you share a little bit about your journey? Cause I'm curious, you said that, uh, you, you shared a little bit about, um, when you were talking about your work, when you started to fully align with God. So I'm, I'm curious Mm. about that. If you can share. Sure. So my history is one of beginning with God, abandoning God and finding God again. That's how I would recap this 42 year old person that is here. Okay. So I grew up in the Roman Catholic church, very traditional uh, religious type of upbringing. My parents were your typical traditional mom and dad couple. So my dad was a very uh, busy investment banker. So he um, did the thing, you know, he was uh, bringing home the bacon and mom was a full-time housewife, former entrepreneur. So she gave that up to raise us, have three children, uh, be a homemaker. And during that time, we were also raised around the Bible to believe in God, to um, be obedient you know, to God, um, me and my brothers. And when I reached a point of young adulthood, this was a time when the generation, the first generation of purity culture came about in the late 1990s, early 2000s. So I was part of that generation. And it was really that culture that broke me and um, severed what I would say my identity with God. So um, purity culture is basically a newer type of doctrine that a lot of evangelical-leaning churches adopt to communicate sexual purity and abstinence amongst their youngsters. So I was um, in my late teens, early 20s around this time. So I was like the perfect audience for that. However, um, what happened then was I began to have a very disordered relationship with my body. I started to believe that men were just these beings that were physically programmed to pursue women and have lust around them. And women were these creatures that uh, whose bodies would cause men to like sexually be led astray, right? So that was the frame of reality I had then. Not a very embodied masculine and feminine identity. It was more of women are against men because we cause them to be their animalistic, you know, like all physical selves. And we women, we just have to like be pure and virginal and wait, you know, for the right guy to show up. And then sex will be amazing. Um, it'll be the, the, the gift, that the, the ultimate apex of, um, of your marriage, right? So I carried that with me. And I struggled with that because I was having all of these like, sexual biological responses and I didn't know what to do with them and that caused and wreaked so much havoc on me for 
uh, about a decade. So my entire adult, young adult life in the church was a distortion of my feminine identity and I didn't know it. Um, I actually got married though, like within church, within that purity culture upbringing, like I was a virgin when I got married, I did all the things, right? Um, but what ultimately pulled me out of that was, I don't know how, how I can be human anymore. Like without believing I could displease God at any moment with my body, with who I am as a woman. And so I decided to leave church, like leave that upbringing. And I was 30 year old, 30, a 30 year old by that time. And so that's when I started to explore the more humanist side of what it meant to be a woman, not hedonism. Okay. I didn't become like um, sexually experimental or anything like that, but I decided I don't want this frame of God in my life. You know, let's see how that feels. So I went into personal development. I dabbled in, you know, like, you know, like all the things that were having to do with self-mastery, personal growth, you know, all of your Tony Robbins, Les Brown, the, the whole like personal development journey. Um, and that's actually where I found coaching. So I found coaching outside of having a relationship with God because I started to believe in the self-actualization of humans, which I do believe to, you know, to an extent right now, except it's different where the foundation is. Um, so it was around 2016, about six years into this non-God, anti-God journey that I experienced my first awakening to God, reawakening to God. Because it was at that time where I realized I was being the alpha woman, just like my client was in my case study, right? I realized that I had become the woman that all of the teachings of my youth had said to not become, right? Mm -hmm. So I became the, um, at that time, my career was as an influencer slash blogger. So I, was, I had a lifestyle blog. I was making six figures here in my country. I was very successful. And um, at the same time, I was a mother. So I thought, hey, this is like the apex of like women empowerment, dude. You know, like I'm the empowered woman. The future is female, all of that. I felt I was living. However, in 2016, um, we experienced like the uh, effects of Brexit. So my husband was working for a British company back then and the retrenchment resulted in us having to live on my income alone for a time, right? But it's when that happened where I was taking on everything full-time income-wise providing that I realized this is causing my body so much pain. So I had um, put on weight. I was hustling, grinding, not sleeping. It was showing like in my physical body that I was highly stressed. And I, and I couldn't see why I was having such a hard time when I had everything I wanted. You know, I had manifested the wealth and the prestige and the recognition, but I was still in that space of, wait a minute, why doesn't this feel fulfilling. And um, it was around July 2016 that I first met with a 
a coach who was a woman. So prior to that, all my coaches had been and mentors had been men or highly alpha women themselves, you know, women who were operative in that energy of everything is about women, you know, like screw the patriarchy or whatever. Um, it was the first time I actually worked with another woman as a coach because I started to feel this sense of I didn't know who I was. I had all these accomplishments, but I didn't know who I was. I also identified that as a mother, I wasn't really connecting with my children. I was at home because my blog and my lifestyle platform was about being a work at home mom, but I didn't know my children, especially my son at the, um, at the time he was my firstborn. So all of these started to like come together for me. And I realized I have taken over the leadership role in this family, but I never really wanted to subconsciously. I, when I married my husband, I remember I married my husband, I was still raised in those Christian values. And in the Christian model of reality, when you get married, your husband's vow is to be your protector and provider. That's actually where that comes from, you know, like um, to protect and to provide and to even die for her. That's the vow in the Christian um, frame of marriage. And I realized I had unconsciously reversed that because, you know, I'm making more money. I'm, you know, like more influential than you are and successful than you are in the world that we are living in, right? I realized that that had totally destroyed our dynamic and it was coming to the surface. It was, I could physically see it affecting me health-wise. So in July, that's when I started to, uh, July of 2016, that's when I started to consciously rewire my nervous system to that feminine identity that I had previously when I got married, because I had lost that. I had lost that in the programming, in the whole, like, I'm going to do everything. Women can have it all. Women can have their cake and eat it too narratives, right? Um, and that's when I decided I also wanted to um, support women who were going through this existential crisis, right? Um, so that's when I also started to go back slowly into a, I, would, I wouldn't call it relationship yet, but into a reintroduction to God because I recalled that when I had a frame of God, that was when I had something to anchor on, someone to anchor on aside from myself. See, when you become an alpha woman, everything stops and ends with you. That's the narrative um, that we tell ourselves, right? But I realized, you know, when I was seeing my body and I was seeing my relationship with my husband and I was seeing my relationship with my kids, that nothing ends with me. I'm not the one who is the hero of this entire situation. I need something that is solid, that is beyond, you know, what my earthly 
powers and strengths and abilities can do because I'm freaking tired, you know, and I did this to myself. Um, that's when I started to go into embodiment around 2018. I started to learn about feminine embodiment from uh, another coach that I hired. Um, but she was more along the lines of like the new age narratives. And I got into that for a time. Um, the new age divine feminine uh, archetype, right? I thought that that was it. I said, okay, you know, God, a little bit there. You know, I know source. Let's call you source, right? Let's put you here. Uh, so you're the source of everything and we're all making our way back to you. But I am a goddess. You know, I, let's see how framing myself as this goddess, you know, like fixes things. So between 2018 and 2019, I was still in that, you know, I am a goddess. I, you know, I, I co-create with the, you know, with this energetic blob called the universe. I manifest things. I was in that paradigm. And it was in that paradigm that I also discovered polarity work and hieros gamos, sacred union, right? And I said, oh, you know, this is uh, sounding good. This sounds like it could fix, you know, like maybe things like my sexual dynamics with my husband. So it was still very much that masculine shield. Like I didn't want to acknowledge God yet. You know, I was like, I'll figure things out. You know, like I'm a powerful, I'm still a powerful woman, you know? Um, so between 2019 and 2020, that's when um, polarity and hieros gammas started to pull me deeper into identifying who God was. Because I said, okay, this sacred union, hieros gammas activations, these are really good. Like it improved, it's, it improved my relationship with my husband, how I related to him how we related to each other dynamically, sexually. But again, there was that thing that I couldn't explain. Like, why does it feel like I'm still working hard even if I've learned embodiment arts? Like I can dance and feel and, you know, like accrete sensations in my body and my pelvic floor. Um, and that's when I had my first experience of Jesus. And I say Jesus because Faith-wise, I identify as a believer in Jesus, not necessarily a Christian, and I'll, we could talk about that, <laughs> okay? But Jesus of the Bible, like, appeared to me while I was in a meditation, and all he said was, I'm it. It's me. I'm it. It's me. I'm the masculine embodiment that you're looking for and that you've been running away from, okay? So this around the end of 2019, just before we went into the global lockdowns and things like that. And it was very stirring to me. I said, um, okay, I haven't experienced an encounter like this since um, my younger days, you know, in prayer, in church, uh, in reading the Bible. And that opened me up to read the Bible again. And this was just before the lockdowns happened in March of 2020. But when the lockdowns happened, that's when, again, my nervous system went through the roof. I started breaking out in hives and eczema because I was anxious about the state of the world. And I cried out to God. I said, God, Jesus, I've reached the end of it. There's nothing in this world. <laughs> and I broke down, um, 
humbly, and I like to describe it as um, the, you know, it's the same feeling as that woman in the stories about Jesus who had an alabaster jar of perfume and she broke it over the feet of Christ. It felt like that. That was my God encounter. And after that, um, I had a week of those um, physical expressions in my body. After that, they subsided and I started to get into communion again with God, like conversations and with the spirit of Jesus as well. Um, and it was then that I also decided to believe, fully believe and fully be in relationship with God again. Um, and I find that that's when all the pieces started to come together. I found the um, clarity as to who the medical practitioners I could work with to heal my body. So I found some naturopaths, biohackers who could support me and help me navigate like um, detoxifying my body from chemicals and also from trauma um, that was rooted in my body. So that's, that starts kind of like my healing journey in, on the physical plane. And then I was also led to mentors who I didn't know had also experienced kind of like the same transmutation um, between God and their identity of God. So I started to be led to Christ-centered coaches and mentors as well. And I think that's how you and I found each other. It was probably in one of those Facebook groups um, of ex-New Agers coming to Christ. Um, and yeah, and, and in 2020, because we were home most of the time, I was also able to reorient my business, like redefine it. Um, it has always been about coaching women. So I've been coaching women since 2012. But in 2020, that's when the dynamic of the God identity and who we are to God, that was brought into the aspect of the coaching. And so um, it brings us to today, right? To um, who I am today. So I believe in God. I believe in a, a relationship with Jesus being the archetype of the masculine. Uh, one of my coaches, uh, who is a guy. So I also have a, um, a mentor who is an embodied Christian man. Um, he said that Jesus is actually the embodiment of the feminine and the masculine because he was a leader. So he was an establisher. He was a, um, a healer of um, the physical, but he was also the embodiment of perfect love. He taught enemy love, love your enemies. He taught that you should um, love God and love people. And that's all that matters. Um, he taught the uh, relationship that we have with prayer. He said he taught the inner and the outer expressions of an embodied human being. And we get to do that on a daily basis if we choose him as our you know, archetype or standard. And that was so resonant to me. So I use a lot of that, not just in my work, but because it's a huge part of my life. It is my life to embody the character of God 
as much as possible and I never do it perfectly, but that's why I need God. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey. It, I definitely have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of resonance and, and um, especially when you're talking about, I think in the beginning of the awakening journey, so much of it is like the goddess type. I mean, mm -hmm. from my from my opinion, the, I know it was for me like five, six years ago, it was all the goddess, um, more of the sensuality and the dancing and the, you know, just being, yeah. but it didn't have a backbone in God and yeah. my ability to hold money and, and relate, like it was all, and that's why I fell hard. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, really though, uh, it was one of my last hard falls. I cried out again and Jesus came back into my life and, mm. And there's been such a difference um, in terms of the safety, like the safety mm. and being held also in, in God um, yeah. that I resonate uh, with your story. I'm curious though for you. So in terms of embodiment, like, so I know you, you believe, you know, God is, yeah, like Christ being Christ centered. Yeah. But is there any like um, aspects of the divine feminine still that you resonate mm. with at all? What, what resonates with me and what I focus on with my clients is there's no fear in God. When, you're, when your identity is rooted in God, there's no fear, there's no paranoia. Um, and there's a awareness of grace, right? So what, what tends to happen with, you know, like women who re-identify with God and they come into a relationship with say Jesus is there's this subconscious fear that I'm going to do it wrong again. So in my work, I've had to hold space for, and I still do, women who are dismantling new age and the divine feminine because they feel like, oh, it's coming from that old church mindset. Oh, if I, if I do that, I'm going to go to hell, right? <laughs> you know, something like that. And it's, it's actually really interesting because when we come from the frame of the divine feminine and we return to God, we subconsciously take on some of that fear that you won't please God. You know, like um, for instance, I have clients who used to use tarot in their sessions, no longer using tarot, but then they can't seem to point out like in other people who are still using tarot that it's a sin or that it's a you know it's going to send them to hell right that tends to be the shadow response of a woman who no you know has come to know god but hasn't really embodied this identity of god being the masculine in her body so she can look like she reacts uh, with different cultures and faiths as um, being very closed off or being very legalistic, right? So I don't encourage that. I say, you know, like each of us is going to come into a new relationship with Christ and with God, but we don't get to impose on somebody else's journey back to God. Like that's not the way it goes, because what happens is when, and I've observed this like with other coaches 
who are also like holding the space for these types of clients is because our remorse for doing things on our own without God and without Jesus, because we have such deep remorse for that when we come from the divine feminine work, we tend to carry that on and we tend to live our lives in God still apart from him mm-hmm. because there's that paranoia that, oh, you know, like, is this new age? Is this divine feminine? Is this something that's, you know, like whatever. So what I help women do as well is to hold that space in their bodies so that they are not operating from having to prove and having to like tick off a checklist that this is the right way to be like a feminine godly woman which is still an aspect of that wounded feminine yeah shadow right so um in terms of what i still embrace about feminine embodiment and um, i know feminine embodiment is lumped into like the divine feminine but i don't see it that way Right. right how i see it is freedom it is freedom. So um, I still do embodied dance, right? But I don't do it because I'm sourcing some power within myself, right? I'm not doing it because I want to activate like Martine's like inner source or whatever. I do it in honor of who I am as a feminine being and God delighting in me. So when I dance, and when I have my, um, my movements, like I sway to music, I love, um, I love getting into my hips a lot because I have scoliosis, right? Mm-hmm. So moving my core and working my core, whether it's through, you know, like dance or even through fitness, like I love working out too. I do it because my identity is my father looks at me and he's so happy and delighting that I'm enjoying my body. Yeah. There's yeah. that, there's that paradigm shift. It's not, Oh, cause you know, I'm a goddess and I create everything and totally. I'm going to let, you know, like the, um, the Kundalini rise or whatever. I do it because I'm childlike. My father watches over me, even if, some of my movements are sensual, right? Because I'm a woman, I'm a 42 year old woman, mm-hmm. but he still sees me as his daughter, right? I'm a right. married 42 year old woman. And so embodiment for me is still embracing everything that I can embrace because I get to be a woman. So mm-hmm. there's none of that, oh, is this sexual? Is this sensual? Like, am I channeling? like Aphrodite or something. No, there's, there's none of that. You know, there's only, I am a child, a daughter of God in this physical body of a sort of middle-aged woman. And she just loves her body. She loves being strong. She loves being soft. I honor this body for bringing in like two children into the world. I, I honor this body that my husband is still crazy about, you know, like, that's how I feel when I dance, when I gyrate in private, you know, I don't do it to, so I can take an Instagram photo and post it, you know, right. I do it because it feels good in my body and God gave me this body and he wants me to love this body. So that's mm-hmm. what I've brought in 
You know, I haven't brought in the self-sourcing aspect of being the divine feminine, but yeah. I bring in the, you know, I, I still accrete and establish the identity of being a woman and mm -hmm. in her feminine body. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And even as you were sharing too, I was thinking of, um, of connection and intimacy with God. Right. So it's like, yes. connect ourselves because that's all yeah that's how I really see I mean for me personally dance or any sort of embodiment practice it's a way to connect to myself and to connect to God mm -hmm. right whether it's like hearing songs on the radio and like feeling God speaking to me like he's dancing to me right I mean not dancing but singing to me you know and and then I get to dance with God and for God right in celebration of it yeah um, okay. So I know we're going to have to, to wrap up, but I, before we have, um, I, I allow you space to share a little bit about your offerings and where listeners can find you. What would you like to leave, uh, listeners with? Okay. So seeing as a lot of listeners here are, you know, like high powered, high performing women, what I always invite us to do as women who are in our high performance is to start living in response to the body, right? The body is the feminine aspect of who we are. You know, if our high performance and drive for success is more of our masculine principle, the feminine principle that is in all of us, because we have both masculine and feminine principles, right? The feminine principles in us is how in tune we are with our bodies. So with the sensation of looking out the window and feeling the sense of life coming in through the breath, looking at, if you have children, looking at your child and just giving yourself a moment to marvel at how this creation was formed inside of you, how you became a vessel for a unique expression of God, or taking a moment to use your hands and just caressing your body and appreciating how wonderfully you are made, right? These are small actions, but when you do them consciously and you allow and give yourself permission in the moment to have ultimate gratitude and appreciation for who you are, that's when you're moment by moment living in the feminine, right? We can be functioning in our masculine principles, like do well on the job, like bring home the money, charge well for our services and be very embodied in the service that we provide. But then remember that we're also living in this physical body, this feminine biology. And that part of us needs as much focus and care and being seen. So I leave us with that because those are the forgotten aspects of our femininity that we tend to just put on the side because they're such a habituated part of us, like to see and to smell and to touch and to feel, but really lean into the sensations and how that makes us truly feel from within. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I recommend starting there. And then usually that leads you to explore other aspects of who you are as a feminine woman. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. Yeah, simplicity and con- once again, the word keep coming up is connection, right? Really, connection. Yeah, really attuning to our feelings and our senses and con- connecting, like connecting. Connection. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and especially um, making it a priority to connect with, you know, uh, community or others um or if yeah if you're a mother your family right I mean because these are I think as like when you're an alpha woman you're just so driven more by like yeah. what which what you can do that those sacred moments are missed uh when they are like connection with others helps us get more rooted and allows us to experience God more right yes yes yeah yeah so I really absolutely on so where can listeners find you and and do you have any offerings you would like to share? Right. So thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram almost daily, except on weekends. <laughs> um, so I'm at instagram.com slash Martine DeLuna. Um, you can find me there. I also have a uh, two levels which to work with me. So the first would be my monthly Zoom calls. It's a membership. So this gives you Telegram access to my collective of feminine women uh, who are unlearning you know, these subconscious patterns of feminism. So that's my program, Feminine and Free. So you can join that at any time. And that allows you to be with me and the community on monthly Zoom calls where we take up a particular theme that is going to help us root into our femininity and into our relationship with God. And then finally, I have my femininity mentorship. So this is one-on-one. It's a four to six month journey into embodying your feminine identity and your vocation as a woman. So this is my favorite part of my work because I get to work one-on-one with clients. And you can find all the details for that at my website, martindeluna.com. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on and just my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And for listeners, thank you so much again. You know, you can check out the bio uh, to this podcast too, if you need to see the, the, how the website or her Instagram or any of that. So yes. And I also highly recommend you follow her, her, uh, a lot of her Instagram posts, they're very, they're very enlightening and they'll definitely open you up more to your femininity, femininity and uh, your connection with God. So for listeners tuning in, thank you so much once again. And thank you, Martine, for, for coming on. Thanks, Artemis. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And for those tuning in, next uh, week's podcast episode will be uh, called The Space. So just definitely tune in for more information. Today's guest is Martine DeLuna, a certified transformational coach who has been helping women since 2012 stay feminine, stop hustling, heal, and be open to love. She is a wife of 14 years, mom of two, and has mentored women in the areas of self-development, personal growth, self-image, femininity, homemaking, and working from home since 2012. Her one-on-one work with women has touched clientele around the globe from Australia, Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and the United States. 
states. Working, you can work with her at Martine, M-A-R-T-I-N-E, Deluna, D-E-L-U-N-A dot com slash VIP hyphen coaching. You can also connect with her at Instagram. Uh, the Instagram username is Martine, M-A-R-T-I-N-E, D-E-L-U-N-A.